there's only one road to heaven. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if you were to die today, do you know where you would spend eternity? Well, you can have some confidence in knowing that answer and who you will spend eternity with. As simple as A, B, C. First, you have to admit that you are a sinner. In Romans 3, 23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Secondly, you must believe. In John chapter one, verse 12, it says, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Lastly, you just simply have to call on Jesus. In Romans 10, 13, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So if you would like Jesus in your heart today, you can simply say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong. I know that you are the only way, the only way to have a relationship with God. And I believe in you today. I believe, I believe in you. I put my trust in you. I put all my hope, my future in you. And I call on you, Lord, for salvation to help me. And from this day forward, Lord, help me to live out a Christian life, to be sanctified and eventually glorified and spend eternity with you, to know you and to enjoy you every single day. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. <clears throat> it's about 10 a.m., 9.59 to be exact. On this lovely April 21st, 2023. Let's check the weather. Got home kind of late, or I should say early this morning, driving, picking up people. Oh, my goodness. If I had known there were so many beautiful, beautiful women and just in the health field, yeah, occupational therapy, especially though. Oh man, yeah, I went into the wrong major. It's funny I picked up these two professors because they got there's people from all over the world here. There was even these there was these two guys from Italy that work from for some robotics company that sells products to the occupational therapist to use. So they were here. This is a big old occupational therapy conference at the convention center here in KC. 6,000 people. Uh, a lot of students, occupational therapy students, a lot of uh, recruiters. Um, and yeah, professors. So I had yeah, these two professors that were from Moss, uh, a school that I went to, uh, Bradley. I had a good conversation with them. Ooh, that one lady professor, she was, oh my goodness. I was like, man, if you were my professor when I was in school, mm -mm -mm. man, I would have been in your class. I would have never skipped class. I should have told her that, but I got to be appropriate. Uh, I got to be profession professional. Uh, I'll go typing in weather, Kansas City weather. Come on, dude. Kansas City. Oh, yeah, my Wi-Fi is not on on this phone. Kansas City weather. 53 degrees, 61 is the high. Okay, all right, so anyway, 
had a lot of people in my car, interesting folks yesterday, a lot of great conversations. <laughs> One of the young ladies, she's like, thank you for this therapy session. Ah, uh, great talk with her. It's always funny when I pick up somebody and the boyfriend is right there waiting, saying goodbye to her. Uh, anyway. Alright, let's stay focused here. Hey, Ron. Um... Acts 4, Amplified Version. Peter and John arrested. And while Peter and John were talking to the people, the priest and the captain who was in charge of the temple area and of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being extremely disturbed and thoroughly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in the case of Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them and put them in jail until the next day because it was evening. That's how you know they weren't playing around. Like They were not little scary, little uh, undercover Christians. They were like boldly proclaiming the gospel to folks. Jesus. And they were messing up the money in Rome. Disturbing the peace. Disturbing their little capitalistic society got thrown in jail alright so they arrested them and put them in jail until the next day because it was evening but many of those who heard the message of salvation believed in Jesus and accepted him as the Christ and the number of the men came to be about 5,000 isn't that interesting because in the last recording in Acts 3, I think they said about 3,000 people were saved, and now it's 5,000. It's multiplying. Verse 5 On the next day, their magistrates and elders and scribes, Sanhedrin, Jewish high court, were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas. And John and Alexander, John and Alexander, and all others who were of high priestly descent, when they had put the men in front of them, they repeatedly asked, "By what sort of power and what name, that is, by what kind of authority, did you do this healing?" Then Peter, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, said to them, "Rulers and elders of the people, members of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court." If we are being put on trial today to interrogate us for a good deed done to benefit a disabled man as to how this man has been restored to health, let it be known and clearly understood by all of you and by all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you demand to be crucified, as <laughs> I keep reminding them of that, by the Romans and whom God raised from the dead in this name, that is, by the authority and power of Jesus, this man stands here before you in good health, basically. We can't take credit for this. Jesus did this. It's all Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Only Jesus. Not us. First, he healed him. Jesus healed him. His power. That's very important because we live. That's one of the dangers as Christians, especially to become a pastor, a leader. Yeah, yeah, that gift of healing. Or yeah, all healing. When somebody gets healed, it's Jesus, but it's easy to try to make take credit for it, 
come up with like all these little products, healing cloths, healing waters, and sell it online, saying, <laughs> making a mockery of guys, saying, I got your healing water. Are you ready for your miracle? What's that black dude's thing? <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I ain't trying to be on that side um, of God. Yeah. Having to be judged for that. Making a mockery of uh, of healing or whatever. So that's a lot of people don't trust it because there's been so many people out here who've yeah, made a mockery of it. Yeah, made it a spectacle and a show and acted like, yeah. Ah, it's so sad. There's a lot of wild stuff out here. Anyway, yes. I love, yeah, my, the church I, the other church I go to, their theme, they call themselves a healing place. Yeah, it's called Harmony Vineyard in North KC. Gladstone, Missouri. Um, if you ever want to go, it's a cool church. It's up on the hill. Has stained glass windows. But yeah, they call themselves a healing place. And I love the past. It doesn't feel like a show. And one of the things I always talk about is like the pastor, he said, like, I've seen more people's hearts get healed than even like their physical bodies. And that's like the first thing that God, I feel like once Jesus wants to heal, he wants to heal your broken heart and bandage all of your wounds. He's already done that, but he wants you to actually experience it in your soul, your mind, will, your emotions, your entire being. It was sad. I had some girls in my car and one of them sounded like she was kind of crying because they were at this club called The Levee. It's a very popular club here in Kansas City right now. And there was, they met this boy in there who apparently, yeah, he wanted to commit suicide. Uh, he told the one of the girls that he wanted to commit, kill himself or he's thinking about killing himself. I just overheard them. I was eavesdropping on their conversation. And um, anyway, it was interesting. They were asking me, can you play some? Because I had, I don't know what I had on, some jazz or something playing or some smooth, slow music. Um, and like, can you put on some uh, upbeat music, like some Beyonce or some Rihanna? I was like, oh, I don't really listen to that stuff. Uh, they were like, well, play some anything upbeat. I was like, what do you, they asked me what I liked. I was like, oh, I mostly listen to Christian rapper. Um, contemporary Christian or whatever. Um, jazz here. So anyway, I put on, I had some Lecrae playing and I had some uh, Forrest Frank playing. So anyway, I hope that the words that were playing in the songs like were encouraging to them. Anyway, planted to seed. Because, I don't know, sometimes... I feel led to say something, but other times I don't. I'll just have some music playing and let the words of the song like minister to the person. Um, Cause ultimately I've learned, yeah. Cause I want, I wanted to tell those girls like about that boy is like, God has made this world in such a way. He's made our lives in such a way that nothing makes sense. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing will satisfy your soul. I even had this other girl in my car, right? She was talking about how she picked her up from this bar, the Grand Falloon on the, in the plaza. 
And she was saying how her friend just moved um, moved to Texas or whatever. She's kind of sad and and guess one of her friends is like, yeah, because she's single. She doesn't have any kids. She looks like she could be in her 30s, maybe late 20s. Anyway, her one friend told her, like, yeah, there's more to life than just having kids and a, a husband and a family, whatever. And I was like, yeah. I was just straight up told her, I was like, um, yeah, there's more to life than just that. And I handed her one of my little, um, I think it was my last. I've been writing the ABC, the Salvation, on little index cards. The whole admit, believe, call with the scriptures on them. Not written out, just the scriptures. You can go look it up. They can they can go look it up. Anyway, she was like, and it has Jesus loves you on the other side. And she said, oh, thank you. And it's just like, the more I go through this life, the more it's just like, and the more on the longer I've been single. And even though I desire to have a wife, and as much as I would like love companionship and all the benefits that come with being married um i truly am learning the beauty of like jesus being my companion and it's like yeah you can't find satisfaction or joy or fulfillment Nothing can fulfill that hole, not a job, not a career, not a sports team, you know, video games, drugs, sex, wife, kids. Nothing can fill a dog, cats, nothing, a trips around the world. Nothing will fulfill that God sized hole the way Jesus can. He made it that way on purpose. And yeah, without Jesus, yeah, you will want to, I would be suicidal, just to be real. Um, He's my only hope. He is the only, he's all I have to look forward to every day, honestly. Um, Yeah, so there's all these songs too that I worship songs. There's one song that says, yeah. Nothing else will do. I just want you. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I'm not singing it very well. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. Never want to leave. Um, I think Cody Carnes sings that song. I think that's who sings that. There's these other songs that talk about just all I want is you, Jesus. All I need is you, Lord. And we sing those songs, but do we really, really believe that? One other thing, I like, it's so sad. I I follow um, Ricky Smiley, one of my favorite comedians. Um, I used to listen to his little prank calls when I was a kid. Um, and he... He just lost his son not too long ago. His son was only in his 20s, right? His son passed away. And he posted recently on Facebook. I don't really get on Facebook very much. I get on there sometimes to just kind of like see what's going on with family and friends. So anyway, I kind of stalk folks, look people up. 
anyway he posted something about uh yeah he posted very vulnerable posts it's like he's like man i don't know how i got friends and people going through this i don't know how anybody does this um this hurts um i've never yeah this it's how he goes up on stage and he's he's hurt he's basically dying on the inside it's a uh, hard for him to even go like get up every day and i was like yeah and i just sent him that uh, one scripture about how jesus is near the brokenhearted it's in our god is near the brokenhearted it's in psalm something here Sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. Y'all gotta forgive me. Forgive me, y'all. And I'm the king of tangents. Oh, I think I posted in my other over here. I see your photos. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna read this part. He said, have to sit here and do comedy while my insides rot. SMH. This gets worse by the day and seeing other good people go through this and you can't do nothing to save them. Then I got to perform all weekend, sit in the back of a van and cry headed to get laughs. A real part of me is dead. Also, no matter what I do or where I go, if I didn't have other kids and grands, I would be gone by now. And my son's mother probably feel this times 20. It's a nonstop nightmare. I can't begin to, and then yeah, I, I put I sent I sent like I did a little post. So I just put yeah, Psalm thirty four eighteen. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I like that version. Some versions say like contrite in spirit, and it's kind of an SAT word for some folks. Crush is a better word. Um, I don't hundred percent know what it's like to lose a child. I know my grandpa. He lost my uncle Thomas, and I can only imagine what that was like. For, I know my grandma had to go to the hospital. She was hospitalized for like three months, and it's nothing but the grace of God. Like people were talking about, they didn't know she was gonna make it. A lot of people thought she was gonna die, and she wasn't eating. She was just so depressed, and it's like in this life you will have tribulation. Nobody goes through this award life. It's like your kid, yeah, growing up, you just like hope to just have a happy future and a happy life. And it's like life is filled with tribulation, it's filled with challenges and problems and times where you feel crushed in spirit. Yeah, after my divorce, that was the lowest, probably, yeah, the lowest I've ever felt in my life. And then when it's like, yeah, it's like experiencing a death. You were with this person for 11 years, technically 13, because we were dated before that. And you deal with all the emotions of feeling like a failure. And then you, yeah, it hurt even more after, yeah, trying to work things out and it didn't work out. And then to come back and find out she's remarried and just like, it's like a double death. It's like, dang. And then your relationship with your kids is different. It's like, it's a separation between you and your kids. It's almost like you're divorced from your kids in a way. 
I don't know. It's a, yeah. And then sometimes you feel like a bad dad because it's like, ah, I could do more to be there for them. So I don't know. I hear some people they who didn't have didn't go through the courts because they were never married in the first place. They'll do like they'll get their kids every other week. And I don't know. Sometimes I think about like maybe I should do that or get fifty fifty custody. But it's like this child support is like no joke. Anyway, it's all these emotions, and there's times where you just don't even want to get out of bed. You just don't want. You just want to sleep. Hit that fast forward button. But when you wake up. All them same problems there. Shoot, even while you dream it sometimes, you dream about the problems, right? Um, Jesus. Jesus. Only Jesus. He's the only cure for our pain. He's our. He's the best occupational therapist in the world. All right, here we go. Verse 11. This Jesus is the stone which was despised and rejected by you, the builder's the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. For God has provided the world no alternative for salvation. So, yeah, when people try to say there's many ways to God or all believe, you know, I believe in God or I believe, but I, yeah, just all these different, they said, but I believe that there's all these, all these people, right? Nobody's wrong. It's like, uh, but this is the Bible I read says this, uh, for salvation. We're talking about salvation, not just in eternity, but here on earth, earth, <laughs> on earth. E-R-P-H or E-R-F or E-A-R-T-H if you want to use the King's English the Caucasian the white man's English uh, they put impressed on our people when they took us from our homeland uh, yeah here on earth Jesus is I'm going to say that again and there is salvation in no one else not Buddha not Krishna not in Tony, what's that one dude? Everybody, Robbins. Not in meditation, yoga, uh, just being a good person. The universe. This dude created the universe. He was there when our universe was created. There is no there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. For God has provided the world no alternative for salvation all right threat and release i didn't say it he said it take up your problem yeah send your 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 uh your your angry letters to jesus <laughs> all right threat and release verse 13 now when the men of the sanhedrin jewish high court saw the confidence and boldness of peter and john and grasped the fact that they were uneducated <laughs> and untrained ordinary men uber drivers lyft drivers <laughs> taxi drivers mill men 
newspaper man, fireman, trash man. It's funny. I think Chris Rock has a joke. Man, I wish Chris Rock actually was clean because he has some very funny jokes. But it's one of his uh, jokes he says, like, why is it always uh, John at UPS or whatever (laughs) or something like that? Tyrone at UPS trying to tell me about Jesus. Because, <laughs> yeah, God uses the foolish of the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. Because in our world system, we, we highly esteem people who have got all this education, who have, who have master's degrees and PhDs and doctorates and you name it. You name it. <laughs> Greens, beans, tomatoes, yams, greens. <laughs> Doctors, lawyers. <laughs> Oh, teachers, you, you name it. Yeah, you name it. We highly esteem them, folks. But Jesus, God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. His His economy is upside down, right? Sometimes I kind of wish I had never gone to college. You know, like it was a way. It was really I got a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt for absolutely nothing. But honestly, the cool, I mean, I guess the best thing out of it is like, I wouldn't be able to have those conversations with that professor, those professors yesterday. I'm able to connect with so many people and have conversations with people. Like even I had this kid, he's he's talking about becoming a doctor, whatever. He's from St. Louis, same city as me, right? And that I grew up in and he I told him how I went to school uh, at Truman State up in Kirksville for two years before I went to Bradley he's like oh yeah I'm thinking about going to KCOM AT Steel whatever yeah the College of Osteopathic Medicine up there and um, anyway I wouldn't have had that connection with that kid I feel like I picked him up before too I picked him up from the levee as well anyway I wouldn't have had that connection with that kid if I hadn't gone to college, right? If I had done the whole Kanye's college dropout, your story is your greatest testimony. And God, yeah, there's people, I've lived in Grand Rapids before, Michigan, and I, I had a girl in my car the other day. She was from Michigan. Um, She told me she's from Michigan. I was like, oh, you from Grand Rapids? Uh, she's like, how did you know? I was like, well, I used to live there for a while. My story. The All these things along the way, God uses them to share the gospel with people like it's like they these people all of a sudden they have this connection with me in a way and I, and this softens their heart it softens the blow as you could say like so when i hand them the little the little um index card flash card that says jesus loves you it's a lot easier you know so Anyway, um, they're, yeah, they're more open to the gospel. So anyway, as much as I call everything, yeah, I kind of feel like Paul. Paul said, Paul was like the Jews of, Jew of all Jews, right? He had all this education, right? 
highly educated, very wise man, right? But he counted that all rubbish. Hang on, see. I count, I'm going to read that exact scripture. I count it all a law, as loss. Philippians 3 8. Indeed. Should I go? Yeah, hold on a sec. We're going to read that whole thing because the whole thing is good. Um, well, at least the part where he talks about how blah, blah, blah. I, I got this. I got this degree. I got that degree. All right, how do I read the whole chapter? Just all right, chapter three. There we go. Um, Bible Gateway. This is the English Standard Version. Here he goes. He says, if anyone thinks he has. All right, here he goes. So, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Wow, that's hilarious. My neighbor's name is Benjamin. And keep bumping into them, too. Um, like, every time I'm going out to my car or coming home, I keep, there's this black, old black guy named Benjamin. Um, I actually went up to him and introduced myself a couple of days ago. Anyway, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, because he used to kill, try to kill, kill Christians, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. For those of y'all got y'all your degrees and yeah, your special positions, your great jobs, y'all can just fill all that in. Nothing wrong with having degrees. Nothing wrong with having your education and your great jobs to pay over $100,000. But it means if it's not like that one quote says, soon one life will pass and only what's done for Christ will last. Same thing here. Look at this. He says, I count it, but I whatever gain I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing, the surpassing. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What is your purpose here on this earth? It took me a long time to finally realize this and come to this conclusion. Your purpose here on earth is to know God and to be known by God. It's to know and to be known, like to know how much he knows you inwardly and outwardly. I can't even like put into words like how intimately Jesus knows me, like in the depth and the width of his love for you and the, and the power of his mercy and his grace. Anyway. For this sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. My righteousness is in faith in Christ alone, not based on anything I've done. If you were to line up all the thing, good things I've done on a piece of paper and on, on one side of a piece of paper, put all the righteous things I've done. And then on the other side of the piece of paper, put all the bad things I've done. I like to think in my head that it'd be like the good things outweigh the bad or it'd be a close tie. But honestly, nope, the bad things 
would outweigh the good. Because <clears throat> there's things, there's sins that I've committed that I don't even know about. Sins of omission. So you, that's why we can't, if, if, if you go to the grave and it's time to spend, yeah, we have to give an account before God, right? And you just tell God with that whole business, oh, I was a good person, right? You're going to be judged according to that law. I don't want to be a judge according to the law. I want to be judged according to Jesus's righteousness. He took my place. He atoned for my sins. My good works are like filthy rags, like menstrual pads. And be found in him, not having... Oh, my goodness, this is so good. I love this scripture. Philippians 3. Remember this. Verse 9. Yeah, all right. Go back to verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus for my, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead." Counted it, he counted it all as rubbish. I love that word rubbish. Sounds like some British person would say. It's rubbish. Pish posh. Anyway, all right, threat and release. Verse 13. Now, when the men of the Sanhedrin, Jewish high court, saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated and untrained, uneducated and untrained ordinary men. We're just ordinary people. <laughs> we don't know which way to go. All right. John, channeling my John legend. Uneducated, untrained, ordinary men. That's what I'm going to call this. <laughs> I'm going to call this, uh, this recording ordinary people. They were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. It's like, how else are they able to do this, like this power coming from? It has to be Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I want my testimony to be. I want people to be like, man, Aaron, this dude, like what would make a guy walk away from $80,000 a year and the prestige that comes from being a banker and the titles of it? And I, I could have easily moved up. There was this guy named Byron McCallum. He had been at Commerce Bank for years and a very professional black man. I used to go to these different events with all these very professional black men and in their suits, whatever. And I was like, on one hand, this could be me. And don't get me wrong. God can use, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's God, There's people that God is using right now who are in high positions of banking, Right. And they are, they're, they're, they're got, they spread the gospel and, and as CEOs of companies, right? But it's not very easy to do it because it's, there's a part of you that you have to, like, if you want to just freely share, like, the things I've been doing here in the car, doing the Uber and Lyft, if I were handing out all of them, I wouldn't send an email at Cheesecake Factory to everybody 
with some kind of worship song and like some kind of scripture. Yeah, telling everybody to repent for the kingdom of heaven was near or something like that. I was I used to be super radical and I gotta learn how to tone it down <laughs> a little bit in the corporate world. But I got called into my old manager's office. I'll never forget it, Chris Platner. And he's like, Yeah, we can't really do that kind of thing here at work. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to tone it down. He's like, I I go to uh Switchfoot concert. Switchfoot is kind of like a contemporary Christian band, but they don't really like say Jesus in their songs, but their songs kind of talk about Jesus. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I go to Switchfoot concerts, but yeah, I'm sorry, but we can't, I'm going to have to, this is your warning. I can't have you like sending stuff like that to uh, your coworkers. Anyway, yeah, I would get in so much trouble. Like when I, if I were to share the gospel with people at like the way I do in my Uber and Lyft car, it's nothing but the grace of God that I even have five stars on both platforms. Nothing but the grace of God. Anyway, let me keep going because I keep getting on tangents. All right, now when the men of the Sanhedrin Jewish High Court saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated untrained ordinary men they were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing there with them they had nothing to say in reply but after ordering them to step out of the council chamber they began to confer among themselves saying what are we to do with these men for the fact that for the fact that an extraordinary miracle has taken place through them is public knowledge and clearly evident to all the residents of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it, but to keep it from spreading further among the people and the nation, let us sternly warn them not to speak again to anyone in his name. So they sent for them <clears throat> and commanded them not to speak as his representatives or teach at all in the name of Jesus, using him as their authority. See, people don't care about you saying, oh, you know, I believe in God or, you know, right, pointing your little finger up at the heaven and saying to God be the glory, or, you know, um, shoot, even, what's the name, Drake got a song called God's Plan, there's a whole lot of these rappers, they talk about God, but you say the word Jesus, oh, then we're talking about, we, we say the name of Jesus, then not just the word, the name Jesus, <clears throat> then we got some problems, because then you're going to offend some people, that name alone is offensive, I dare the next rapper, R&B singer, whoever, artist, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, actor, actress. Next time you do your acceptance speech in front of folks, say thank you, Jesus, in front of everybody. And that's the other thing, too, because that don't always, there's a lot of folks up here, and I'm not trying to, like, once again, as I'm saying this, as I, point, I'm not here to condemn anybody or put anybody down <clears throat> i'm just saying like these very planks that i'm pointing out are these 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 little specks in other people's eyes there there's a billion planks in my own eye i can point they can be pointed out right just because we say the name jesus right everybody who yeah even that one scripture say even that there's going to be many on that day that say lord lord we did this in your name we did that in your name but he's going to say depart from me you worker of iniquity i never knew you that's one of the scariest verses in the bible it makes me tremble just the thought of it and i don't know how that's going to work i don't know who those people are going to be i just pray to god it's not me and part of 
knowing it's not you or having that confidence and that it's not you that he's talking about is there's this intimacy, this relationship, this that word new is the same where I was talking about where it's like to know like a wife. Y'all have all these inside jokes. Um, when it, you know, it's so intimate, it's like, ha- yeah, like having sex, that level of intimacy. I know that sounds weird saying, how do you have relations with Jesus? <laughs> but it's like, it's different. It's more of like, Every day, you know that he's with you. You can sense his presence in a way. You kind of know like, it, or if you've ever been dating somebody or married from somebody, married to somebody, and you love, you really care about them, like, yeah, and y'all marriage isn't like one of those like uh, prison cellmate kind of marriages. <sighs> All right, that kind of, yeah, and and like say y'all have to be away from each other for like a week even a day or a couple days for like work or something like that and like you think about them all the time you are texting them emailing yeah like calling them or you want to call them but you don't want to come across as a bugaboo honestly like i've like a lot of folks have got a wrong picture with what a relationship with Jesus is like. A lot of us have gotten religion, right? Um, yeah, we have a false picture of what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus. And I honestly feel like like there's a young lady right now who I like. She lives in St. Louis. And it's weird. Cause like my my it's kind of interesting, like what I'm attracted to. Like physical attributes do factor in, but I'm more attracted to somebody's like heart and their spirit more than like the physical part does factor in i need to be at least somewhat physically attracted to you like in your appearance it helps but off like even deeper than that is like your soul like there's something about you and the qualities that like a gentle and quiet spirit i'm drawn to that um and when i say gentle and quiet spirit it's not like you don't have a voice i want you to be like quiet and docile and shut up and not have an opinion not like that. Like my one, my my dad's mom, Dorothy. She was a super quiet woman. My grand, yeah, my 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 maternal. No, is that the word? Yeah, paternal. <laughs> my paternal grandmother. She was a pretty quiet woman. Um. Anyway, yeah, they don't make Dorothys anymore. They don't make Thelmas either. Anyway. What am I trying to say? Oh, yes. I think about this woman a lot, right? And I don't know. I'm I'm starving for a white like love and affection in a wife. And there's another young lady um, who I used to talk to that lives in Iowa now, right? 
And I reached out to her recently and just like, I'm just fishing right now. Like now I'm just throwing out, throwing out worms <laughs> and hoping one of these fish will like, yeah, will like be like, oh, Aaron, yes, he's a great guy. Let me settle down. Let me like, let me allow him to pursue me, whatever. Anyway, and I'm not trying, I don't want to sound like I'm a player or anything. I... I just have a couple like a like a like a very small list of like like platonic friends and so far none of them like the one in St. Louis like I'll message her and I basically my brother and I have this habit of like being attracted to women don't that don't reciprocate the same emotions that we have toward them and I don't know what's going on maybe God has a big old plan where I'm supposed to, I don't know I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But what I'm ultimately trying to say is bugaboo. Sometimes I feel like a bugaboo. Like yesterday, I sent her like four messages, like these songs that, because she just lost her grandpa, this young lady in St. Louis. And I sent her these encouraging words and like scripture and a sermon and songs. Crickets. All she has done so far is just like heart. Like, put a little heart next to, like, on an iPhone, you can, like, heart something. No words, no, hey, Aaron, how you doing? Or, oh, yeah, thanks for the, thanks for the messages. Hope you're having a good day. None of that. And, some, honestly, sometimes I feel like we do God, we treat Jesus the same way. We give him the cold shoulder. He's pouring all this love in us. He's, He's trying to woo us and and get our attention all throughout our day and include want us wants us to include him in his day right, and even again yeah, and um at the end of John we just read where he says, "Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me, John?" And he's like, "If you love me, yeah, feed my sheep. If you love me, yeah. If you love the Lord God with all your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the outflowing of that. Anyway." Yes. Sometimes I think, yeah, Jesus would be like the jealous girlfriend, like the the jealous wife, the bugaboo. The, yeah. He's like Hosea. Go back and read the story of Hosea. Anyway, we're approaching 45 minutes. Let's keep going. Verse 18. So they sent for them and commanded them not to speak as his representatives or teach at all in the name of Jesus, using him as their authority. Verse 19. But Peter and John replied to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must judge for yourselves. For we on our part cannot stop telling people about what we have seen and heard. That's another thing. When you're in love with somebody, you can't stop talking about them. You're like, and Christine does this, and Christine does that. Oh, Christine, she's so smart. Do you know Christine does this? Do you know she does that? Do you know she volunteers with the orphans? (laughs) Oh, man. She plays violin. She, I don't know. So, I don't know. She can uh, hop on one leg and chew gum. I don't know. Anyway, same thing with Jesus. Like when you're in love with him, you can't stop talking about him. You can't stop telling people about him and what and what he's done in your life. You can't help it. And that's how you know your love 
your relationship, yeah, like your relationship with Jesus can grow dull. You can have a cellmate type marriage with Jesus. And it starts just simply praying like, Lord, restore our love. All the areas where our relationship has gone cold. Yeah, warm the cold places of my heart. You know, verse 21, uh, when the rulers and council members had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the, their fear of the people, for they were all praising and glorifying and honoring God for what had happened. For the man to whom this sign, a testing miracle of healing had happened was more than 40 years old. Hmm, Interesting. After Peter and John were released, they returned to their own people and reported everything that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, O sovereign Lord, having complete power and authority, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant said, why did the nation's Gentiles become arrogant and rage and the people devised futile things against the Lord? Futile things against the Lord. The things, the kings of the earth, verse 26, the kings of the earth took their stand to attack and the rulers were assembled together against the Lord and against his anointed, the Christ, the Messiah. Verse 27, for in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined before the creation of the world to occur, and so without knowing it, they served your own purpose. And now, Lord, observe their threats, <clears throat> take them into account, and grant them your bond servants. May declare your message of salvation with great confidence while you extend your hand to heal. And signs and wonders, attesting miracles, take place through the name and the authority and power of your holy servant, son and son, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken, a sign of God's presence. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness and courage. All right. <clears throat> it's so much I could say there. It kind of speaks for itself. But I want to scroll back real quick to the part where it says the man who was healed was 40 years old. Something just dropped in my spirit and just about like, it's so much easier for me to like give my little, give the little cute little, um, um, flashcards to younger people, like in their 20s, especially like in their young 20s. Um, Yeah, like the younger they are, the easier it is to like share the gospel. I'm like, cause I'm a huge empath and I can sense the spirits on people. I can like sense a lot like the hurt on people. And sometimes yeah, I wish I could turn it off, but it's a gift and I'm learning to embrace it. But it does exhaust me. Like it's very exhausting. Like when I come home, I'm exhausted because I'm like, man, I just feel like I all these people's like pain i can feel it it's like ah like in that movie uh the perks of being a wallflower the main character anyway so um where's i going with all that yes 
so like those professors I had in my car. There's like this wall there, this invisible wall, and I have to just look past it going forward. Um, or just like like whenever older people in my car in general, I rarely hear hand them out little cards. There's only been a few times where I've like feel like I've been able to like share the gospel with older people. And just because the conversation just naturally went there, I always say like Jesus is a gentleman. He never forces himself on anybody. So I try to be led by the spirit when I share anything about Jesus with people. Um, at the most, sometimes I just hope they see my little <laughs> bracelet and that has Jesus, Team Jesus on it, or they hear my songs and that kind of like plants a seed in their heart. But a lot of times it's just really hard for me to share the gospel with older people. Um, and the, old, cause the older you get, the harder your heart gets. And, but I had to remind myself, nobody, nobody is impenetrable. Nobody is unsavable. Is that the word? Unsalvageable. <laughs> there you go. You have to like, exercise faith in those situations. But once again, I try to like, my prayer is like, a lot of times I try to just pray in the spirit, like, Lord, give me the word to say. If you want me to say something, like, let the conversation go there. Give me the words to say, you know? Anyway, and pray, ask God for boldness and courage because you don't know what that person is going through. Like they might've just lost a parent or whatever. They might have just lost a child. They might be going through something, some difficult time and they're and they're just waiting for somebody to give them hope. You know, they might be having suicidal thoughts and you don't even know it. Um, but yeah, the fact that that guy was 40, it wasn't so much about his physical healing, but his heart, his heart, that man's heart will never be the same. Because these physical bodies, even if you get healed, right? Think about it. Like if you have a broken leg, somebody comes up, prays for your broken leg, and I'm saying broke your body is healed. Your body's still going to get old. It's going to get, before you know it, everything's going to break down. You're going to probably need a whole new leg or a new hip or a new back something else yeah that's the thing about our physical bodies but your heart your soul that's a healed heart that's 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 priceless and the 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 new glorified body that we're gonna get the restored the heavenly body we're gonna get it's a billion times better than this freaking physical body The the smile, I, I don't really like to smile a whole lot because I don't, I'm kind of ashamed of my smile. The smile I'm going to get in heaven is going to be a billion times better than anything any dentist could give me. Sometimes I think about like, hmm, I should go see a dentist, get braces, um, you know, get whitening, whatever, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, as soon as I do all that, these jokers, these teeth are going to be gone. Like they're going to break down. They're going to start chipping I'm gonna need dentures eventually like my dad or dental implants. Like I'd rather just wait for my it's funny. I remember one time I joked, I was like, I wonder why God doesn't give us a third set of teeth, right? 
he we get teeth when we're a baby, and then we get our permanent teeth as adults, right? As yeah, when we in our adolescent or when we're you know young kids, our adult teeth we start getting they grow in. And then I had this epiphany: we do get a third set of teeth. We get our eternal teeth, our heavenly teeth. That's our third set of teeth. And it's hilarious how here in America, like around the world, we have dentists who will give you implants, <laughs> trying to mimic what God can do. I've heard wild, crazy stories of people having teeth grow back. I've never seen it, but I've heard miracles of that happening. If you ever had your teeth grow back, that's pretty cool. People who've lost all their teeth, and then they people have prayed over their mouths, and they got brand new teeth. Anyway, God, if you want to give me brand new teeth, that'd be great. I'll take it. All right, sharing among believers. Now the company of believers was of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonged to him was exclusively his his own, but everything was common property and for the use of all. Verse 33, and with great ability and power, the apostles were continuously testifying to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, God's remarkable loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon them all. There was not a needy person among them because those who were owners of land or houses were selling them and bringing the proceeds of the sales and placing the money down at the apostles' feet. Then it was distributed to each as anyone had need. That's how the church should be. We're getting there, though. We're getting there. Verse 36, Now Joseph, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, who was surnamed Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, sold a field belonging to him and brought the money and set it at the apostles' feet. Son of encouragement. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. There's so many gems, so many gems in this scripture. And um, in Acts chapter four, Lord, help us to be children of encouragement, Christians of encouragement. Always looking for opportunities to encourage people, Lord. Help us to not consider any of our possessions our own, Lord. To uh, when we put it on our heart, not through religious fervor, but through the Spirit of God, a a yeah, a, a genuine zeal, Lord, that uh, that comes out of love. That we would, yeah, if it's on, if you put it on our heart to sell our possessions, Lord. Pray we would do that and give to the poor, give to the needy, give to the church. <sighs> Help us to love even the people that are the hardest to love. Help us to be just this kind, tenderhearted, filled with mercy, filled with grace, filled, always looking to, yeah, quickly forgive seven times 77 or whatever the scripture says. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for the relationship that we can have with you, the intimacy that we can have with you. That's like no other relationship. Just thank you. This is the day you have made. We can, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I pray for all the saints of this world. I pray for revival. 
All the ones that are being tormented, being attacked in their minds and their spirits, their souls, pray that they would just have a peace, like a breath. <sighs> breathe on them, Lord. Breathe on them, Lord. Breathe on them, Lord. Help them to know, the Lord, that you are real, that this isn't a joke. This isn't just some thing they learned about in Sunday school, Lord. This is This is real. This is real, Lord. This is a real war going on, Lord, in these last days between light and dark. Lord Jesus, you are that light. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one kept, comes to you except through you, Jesus. No one goes to the Father. No one can have a relationship with you, God, except through your son, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Pray as I go out, continue to order my steps. I pray for favor with my baby mama. Give me the words to say to her today. And I'm, I'm, it's going to be, no, it's not going to be a hard conversation. I just pray that that conversation go well. This is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' mighty precious name. Yes, the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.